0: Good morning. This is Coffee with the Sarlows, and I'm Karen.
1: Good morning. I'm Kelly. Are you starting us off with show notes, Karen?
0: I can try. Okay. Yeah. Okay, an evening with Medium Events. Once again, a big thank you for selling us out for our December event of 2017. Um, Up on the website at bysarlo.com are our dates for 2018, um, which will be April 27th, August 24th, and December 14th of 2018. So people can already buy tickets for next year. We'd like to remind people that we have a second podcast show called Sips of Sanity. They're 10-minute shows, and there are five of them at the beginning of each month, a Monday to Friday. And we always pick a theme and talk about something that's relevant to your life at this particular time, something that Kelly and I have learned and share, and want to share with you. And quite often, they link back to Coffee with the Sarlow so that people can enjoy both series. And that can be found at Sarlow.com. We have personal sessions. People can book appointments individually with either Kelly or Karen by going to the website by sarlo.com. You can also book group sessions. You can also do treatments by Skype, telephone, and FaceTime all over the world. Treatments are no different whether you're in front of us using telephones, Skype, or FaceTime through your computers. Our messages come through just as clearly. Doesn't matter where you are. And we have gift certificates available for Christmas, and they're brand new. So we're excited to share gift certificates. You can pick any quantity of money that you want. You don't have to buy the full price of a session. You can pick any denomination and just donate that towards someone's session for Christmas. Or any time of year. It doesn't have to be for just Christmas. Ready for the show? What are we talking about today, Karen? A treatment. A person who calls on a regular basis... By regular basis, I mean sporadically, but usually a couple of times a year. I'd say three or four times a year. She's long distance. I've never seen her in person. Uh, And she calls for a variety of reasons. And I think this is interesting. There are times when she will call to check in with her children's souls to find out how they are doing, how she can support them, what they need in their own soul life path here on Earth, and her contract with them. She will ask wonderful questions or just sit and listen to each of her kids' souls to say what their life purpose is and how she's tied into that as a mom. That's beautiful. Oh, yeah. Sometimes she will call in and she will ask what's going on with the sale of their house. Why it won't sell. Or what the contract is between her and her house. Isn't that cool? She will ask... Why they aren't moving, what's blocking them. Sometimes what's blocking them are fun things. Sometimes it's not that they're really being blocked, but that they have more time to spend in a certain community, or that maybe some of the things that are going on with the spouse's careers tied to that community. Sometimes she'll call in and she'll ask a question about her partnership with her husband and for tools or for reasons as to what's occurred or why. Both of them feel stuck in different aspects, whether it's personal, sexual, intimacy. and, And surprisingly, Kelly, for her, some of it has to do with their history, where before they even met each other, how they grew up, things that happened when they were children that are playing out now as adults. Sometimes she calls in and she asks for things about her career, but this particular day she called in and she said that she was calling in to ask uh, for a check in with her own soul, and that she wanted a full hour, just to hear from her own spirit. And if she needed tools, if she needed truths, if she needed a kick in the ass, if she was going to get a little bit of a cheering section that she had done well with certain things that she'd been working on, she wanted to know if the spirit world had seen her and heard her, if her soul was giving her a Thumbs up for the some of the things that she's changed, um, if she was fe- if if her soul loved her, if it was angry with her, there was oh, just a whole bunch of things that she was open to, so she began by saying that's what it was all about for her hour, that she was going to record it, that she was going to write notes that she had a pen and paper, that she also knew that I was going to have a pen and paper and doodle, not note take but that sometimes I doodle and that if I put anything down, she wanted it sent to her. And so I just simply started at the beginning and said, I'm going to be quiet for a little while and check in with your spirit. And then I will begin talking. And so I just literally doodled all over a piece of page, just random words and situations, different things that her spirit wanted to talk to her about. By the end of her hour, we could see that it was like a domino that one thing did literally connect to another. When I first looked at the page, and I first read it to her, we didn't see that connection. It became evident as time went on. So some of the things that came out on that page were things like self soothing techniques. And when she asked what that meant, I was surprised that she didn't even know what self soothing techniques meant, in all honesty. So she asked for examples of them. And when I said things like music, or reading, crafts, cooking, they actually gave her the examples that she particularly likes herself and that she already knows that she does. So she just started to giggle. And then I said that the spirit, her spirit was challenging her to come outside of her comfort zone and to try and find some new ones as well. But that self-soothing techniques also involved picking people to talk to about the feelings that she was feeling and the emotions that she was stuck in. She was stuck. And she said, I'm curious to hear what you think I'm stuck in. And I said, well, what I get is anger. And there was a big long pause. And I thought, did I hit it right on? Or am I so far off? (laughs) She's searching to figure out what the hell I'm thinking or what the hell I'm trying to come up with for her from her spirit and I said I can tell you exactly who you're in absolute rage with and she said well go for it she says because I've written it down and I certainly know so she did know so it was accurate and I said to her it's your mother and she said absolutely so is this session going to go in that direction because I needed to she says I am full of rage oh and she was open to hearing it yeah good Yeah, and it played back to me waking up this morning, telling you that I had had a nightmare where I was murdering a woman, where I was sitting, this woman was trying to kill me, her and a man. Do you remember that, Cal? Yep. And I was pushing the woman down. And I had a knife and I was trying to stab her in the heart with it, but I couldn't get through the bones. And I was trying to rip her skin with the knife. I just, I woke up and my neck was kinked. <laughs> my My right trap muscle is all tight and my upper back shoulders are a my jaw. mess. My jaw seized. <laughs> like, where is Katrina? <laughs> my chiropractor, but I can't have her in my pocket. So I have to learn how to figure, to get through all of that. But it played out in her session today. I asked her, if it seemed appropriate to her that she'd like to stab her mother to death. And she said, yes. And I think if something, somebody... some people are smiling right now. Oh, I'm sure some people are just gulping back their coffee. <laughs> <laughs> not because of you
1: that came out wrong. Whatever. Can you explain that one? Uh, well, I think if I can tactfully word this, I think I feel that same rage for yours. Oh, I see. So, certainly not about you. I, yeah.
0: Okay. So she feels this intense rage and doesn't know where it's coming from, doesn't understand it. There's just so much confusion. On top of what do I do with it all? Yeah. And I think that's when the body
1: can start to become something that feels foreign to us because it's such a a confining um, substance to contain all of that anger within our skin and bones is
0: very uncomfortable and that's an understatement hence the m- tightened muscles in my neck shoulder neck and back and
1: I think and, and this is a general statement and it's not to um, defend anyone I think that's why people understand crimes of passion
0: oh my goodness yes and for the people that don't they're the ones that are the extreme people pleasers that just keep shoving down their own anger but I think
1: they can identify with the discomfort. Oh yeah, in their in their own body, and not know, the the nervousness of not knowing what to do with all the feelings that are that are coursing through your veins. Mm
0: hmm. Mm hmm. And quite often that, as you're saying, gets stuck in our own bodies, where we manifest bigger health issues as the decades progress. Yes. Her health issues were presenting as anxiety, as depression. Yeah hers were hitting her in the sense that she felt stuck in a career and didn't know how to make a change. So she's in one, she's doing okay financially, but she's not happy. That might ring true to some people. She's feeling okay in her marriage, but not happy in it. Sort of, you know, don't want to leave. I'm okay to stay. But I'm just not inspired, which I think is still a very common thing for a lot that a lot of people will resonate with.
1: And that's not a you're not referring to a rut. You're talking about over a long period of time. Yeah. Not just the fluctuations that a relationship goes through, but that and overall.
0: That's the key, Kelly. Uh, Such a key because her spirit was saying this wasn't about her husband. Although you're going to hear how it is later. It's not really totally all about him. It's about her having to do her own work about her anger with her mom. Yeah. Okay. But it's playing out in the relationship relationship with him. But it is significant. I think so many
1: partners might be listening right now going, oh my God, go on. That's how I feel about my in-laws. But I can't explain it to my partner.
0: Yes. This is so key as to how this came out. One of the other things she was suffering from was perfection, that she needs to do things to a high level of perfection, or not at all. So fear of starting anything new. And that again, being in ruts, because I'm too scared to try anything new. This all comes back to her mom. And another one of her fears, or how it plays out for her, I pointed out, when I say I, I simply meaning her spirit, but I'm the one just saying it to her. She doesn't finish things. Mm. She has a hard time finishing. So she'll start a knitting project, not finish. She'll start uh, a book or she'll start writing things, not finish. There's a real situation going on for her. And that's why I said it does play out a little bit with her husband at some points because he has to pick it up. And I don't mean her knitting, But he will have to pick up things for her that aren't always on his agenda or in his day. So she might say she's starting something with one of the kids and doesn't finish. So she's presenting with a lot of challenges in her life in, I'll say, lots of small ways. Some significant, some seem quite insignificant. Um, Not finishing doing her knitting. Is that really a big deal? It might be. Well, then I have a big problem. Yeah, yeah. Okay, go ahead.
1: I'm just teasing. I like, because you're saying it's not that he would pick up her knitting Mm. and he doesn't have to pick up um, her -hmm. things in that way, but he's probably picking up on
0: communication. He's probably picking up on uh, completing household or parental tasks. Absolutely. Yeah, That's what I'm saying. And and in her case too, um, her spirit came through to say that she had wanted to take some courses to be able to change careers and she's not finishing the courses. She's starting them. She gets through a couple of them. She's she's not finishing, meaning that she's getting her final diploma. So she's putting things off thinking that it's the kids. So in all honesty, she's blaming that I'm too busy, but it's not really that she's too busy because if she really looks at her time, she could make time. She could say, I'm not driving the kids or I'm not doing certain things. I'm getting this work done. This matters over a volleyball game. My career matters over another hockey practice. These things, this job matters. I matter. I find these one of the most heartbreaking
1: cases. Oh, yeah. Because those people, that woman, is very easy to get angry with. Absolutely. As family, as loved ones, it is so easy to believe that that person is unreliable. Lazy. Apathetic. Um, Or to believe that we aren't loved by them, even though all the intentions are to love to do more for everyone because they never feel like they're doing enough. And to a degree that's true, but it comes from a place of fear of failing. Yep, All coming back to being Being parented by someone who could not provide essential tools.
0: And that's where all this came. So the first part of our session was just random lists of all types of areas that she was struggling with, but in an orderly fashion given by her spirit, put all together on one page in one area.
1: I love how orderly the soul
0: is. Yes, me too. No matter how scattered we humans are. Yes. And I think that's one of the best things that she got in that very first 10 to 15 minutes was organization around her scatteredness. It didn't take months or years to to put it all together and identify it. her spirit walked right in and itemized it on a list for her. And this is not because she's that lazy that she couldn't have done the work for herself, but simply that some of these issues were all buried under layers of what her parents did in raising her. It was so difficult for her to see that she wasn't finishing things herself. She just thought that she was just, oh, Karen, I just thought oh, I'm just, I'm a little bit behind. But she looked at it and went, no, you're right. I don't finish things.
1: Or they feel that they're actually doing everything, but everyone around them sees how incomplete it all is. Mm-hmm. And they really do have that skewed perspective of, but I'm the one doing everything. Yes. Oh. Even though it's not quality, even though it's not efficient or effective. Yeah. And then how do you as a partner or an adult child confront that issue and actually help them to see that what they
0: believe or what their reality is, is in fact not true. And in her case, her husband does try to confront it in her and she hits a brick wall. She hits the brick wall of I can't see all of this stuff because it means I have to see my real mother. And if I see my real mother as a narcissist then what am I going to do because I'm too scared?
1: Yeah, no matter how old we are, we end up being four years old again and where we have to believe
0: they're perfect. We have to believe that they know better and that they do love us and that they really wouldn't do these things intentionally. They really, really wouldn't hurt us intentionally, would they? And they do, intentionally, to control us, to destroy us. And we really don't want to believe that and she did not. And that was her anger. Her deepest anger was at herself, that she couldn't grow up and individuate from her own mom. It's a big one, eh? It's, it's a very, it's, it's a big very,
1: it's common.
0: Yeah. And it can this, in this case, it was a mom and a daughter. And I mean, this daughter is easily in her 50s. Uh, I'm not talking about a person in her 20s. Although I think the situations can be very, very same. But at this point in her life, she has children. So there are grandchildren. So this is one of the things that came up in the session was that her mom purposely did things to hurt her daughter. But she was super nice to her son in law. And she was really great with the grandkids. So if her daughter's going to take any action to separate from the narcissist, she's going to feel shame she's going to feel shame and guilt that she's going to separate her children from their grandmother. And she has enlisted her own son-in-law to be on her side. So he doesn't recognize that he backs up his mother-in-law instead of being on his wife's side. So she feels isolated to the point that she does not have support from her children, from her spouse, from anybody around her. Her mother has isolated her. It's like a horrible
1: play. Yeah. Where everyone else are the actors and you're trying to interact, but you're kind of the audience. Mm-hmm. I think you know those marriage counseling things that you had to go through to, in order to get married back in your day, or still in the institution of the church or whatever? Marriage counseling or marriage um, coaching both like prior to should involve both spouses reading toxic parents and toxic Mm in-laws.
0: And going, do you still want to do this? Mm -hmm. Because if you don't understand the parents of the partner that you have, you may not understand and will not understand, especially if they're unhealthy parents, narcissists, you will not understand what your spouse is living through. And if you do not understand their isolation and victimization, you will be part of the team that abuses them. Well, that was big. Yes, that's very big. And there again, why she feels a lack of intimacy with her own partner. Because deep down, how do you actually really trust your partner if they're going to shame you? Honey, you can't separate from your mom. You can't stop talking to her because we have to have her here for Christmas, because the kids need to have her here. The desire to have the perfect looking family is more important than a healthy family. Where are we going with this today? Just out of curiosity. She got tools. Okay. She got tools, Kelly. The first part she said to me, this is everything I needed to hear. She didn't complain. She didn't whine. She didn't victimize herself and, and say, this is too hard. I can't do this. She literally just on the phone said to me, I need this. I need it. Keep going. I need to hear this. This is my truth. This is my life jacket, Karen. Please keep going. You are the only person on earth that has said these things to me. I finally feel like I am not crazy. I finally understand why I am depressed, why I have anxiety every day. Well, why wouldn't she have anxiety if she knows that her mom has set up all of these relationships that are always to victimize her, but she can't say anything to the kids. She can't say anything to her spouse. Every time she goes to say anything to anybody, they're all on the mother's side. Because she's so nice to all of them, they don't want to lose their relationship with grandma. So it doesn't matter how she's treating her daughter. I find there's an oxymoron
1: in all of this, which I find really fascinating because we're afraid to insult the person to think that you would be mean. I can't, I can't ever get to the point of thinking that you would be a mean person, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, that statement means you're that stupid because you, if you don't know that you're doing this to me, Mm -hmm. then you have a lack of intelligence.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. That's right. It, the, I love what you just did, because it's all of the crazy making. It's all of the backwards training. It's all of the things. And that's what her spirit did in the session. They gave her statements. So she she believed things like, my mom couldn't do this to me, she wouldn't do this to me. And they would come out and give her the opposite statements, a healthy mother wouldn't think of doing this to you. Yeah. And,
1: uh, you know, I love the English language or language in general. And just how you even phrase a healthy mother wouldn't think of doing this to you. I get caught up in that because I think to myself, a healthy mother would think this through and know that it's not an option. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's not to pick on you. It's just because I don't think people insinuate or assume the, the intellectual process that has to go through it. Or that the yeah. person has to go through.
0: Yeah. That's what we did in the session. There would be very shaming statements. And the spirit world was would defragment them and take them out and say the truthful statement. So she would write down the thing that she would believe that was unhealthy. And the spirit world would come in and reword it in a healthy way for her to identify it. It, it was really powerful for her. And th- so they gave her these positive and I don't just mean positive in la la land ways. I'm talking positive meaning truthfulness. Positive steps. Yes. And truthful a positive step. How's that? A truthful statement. A truthful belief. A healthy belief versus an unhealthy belief. It was hmm. really it, yeah, it was it was very, very cool. This is all in with within her hour where she was able then at the end of the hour, her nurse spirit sat down and worked out a process to sit down and talk to her husband. Oh, neat. Yeah. Where she could sit down and say, I have an unhealthy belief that a good mother would want to keep the family together. A good, uh, I have a false belief that as a good mom, I should want my unhealthy mother to still be with my children. Even if it means that she hurts me in the process, that's an unhealthy thought, honey. A healthy thought for a healthy mom would be that I would want to be treated respectfully for, by my mother in front of my children. And if she can't do that, then she can't be part of my family. This is where I love
1: conditional love. Yes. And the this is fun because I'm doing a workshop at Ruby Yoga, um on Saturday, December, or Sunday, December 3rd, whatever that Sunday works out to be. And it's like debunking these cliches. I want to go to that. (laughs) You you could lead it with me, I'm sure. But (laughs) one of the ones that you just said is, um, or the concepts that we just talked about was conditional love. Right. Because we think we just
0: fantasize about unconditional love. Right. Well, there has to be conditional love if you're in a healthy relationship. If you have unconditional love, red flag yourself as being in an unhealthy relationship. If you believe unconditional love is perfect love, you are codependent and you need therapy because every healthy relationship knows its boundaries and every healthy individual knows their own.
1: Yeah, the like unconditional love means you've got no respect for yourself or for the other person. Right. You allow
0: anybody to abuse you. It's the definition of the people pleaser. By just
1: calling it love. Yeah. Okay. So are there more tools? I know you've put your paper down. I wasn't sure if you were going in any other different direction with this. Um, there are lots of different ways I can go in directions with this. I, th- I th- certainly not required. Because <laughs> I do believe that people will be pausing, rewinding, and listening to this a few times okay just to digest okay. and, and, I, and I think that is probably a necessary thing that's not even a criticism that's just digesting this kind of information
0: okay then you know what Kelly if we're going to be wrapping it up pretty soon I think one of the reasons I wanted to say this today was for first of all for people to be able to listen to what unhealthy parenting what unhealthy partnering is this doesn't have to be just a mother it can be a husband it can be a wife it can be your child It can be your girlfriend, anything, guy friend, whatever, but that there are tools and they, some of them are universal tools and some of them are very individual tools. And that's what I loved about her session was that the guides gave her specific examples so she could understand exactly what her mom was doing to shame her all because she
1: bothered to check in with her soul that day
0: yeah I love that and you know what I wanted to point this out
1: too as I was doing the year of um, self-development books there were some that I had to read extra slow and take more than a month to read because just as an example the verbally abusive relationship which this treatment sounds like it's steeped with I had to read that list and those examples by only picturing one person at a time Oh, me too. So I would read the list and think, okay, dad. And then I would read the list again and I would go, okay, I'm going to consider mom. Mm -hmm. Now I need to consider. And I would literally go back and read it through fully just with one person Mm -hmm. because our brain bounces and we get the same scatteredness that we talked about at the beginning of the show. And then
0: it's unproductive. We feel overwhelmed and unloved. When I read the verbally abusive relationship, I read it at least four times in the first couple of years. And as you said, with a different person in mind, but also with myself in mind. So I remembered reading it at one point thinking, is this me? How do I see how I speak to people? Oh, yes. And I had to look back and be able to go through it. Oh, I know you and Andrew know this. I went back into the old me raising you and Andrew, being able to look at it and go, okay, I need to apologize to Kelly and Andrew that I did this. Yeah. When I was going through this period of time, no matter what it was I was going through, there's no, there are no excuses here. This is how I behaved. This is what I did. This is how I spoke. And this is what I have to apologize for.
1: Mm -hmm. I like that. And this is, I know I've said this before, but in coaching activities, in the sessions where verbal abuse comes up, I will assign homework or activities where they have to read through the different types and I will say to them, I want you to answer the question, what types of verbal abuse am I receiving? And I think I've said this before on a podcast where the client will go, Oh, okay, and they'll get riled up and they'll think, you know, justified that they're gonna they're gonna catch them and, and identify all of them. And then the second part of the activity is and recognize which ones you're dishing out. And it's like the posture changes, the tone in the room changes, everything. And it's like, What? Well, I can guarantee you if you're being, if you're receiving then you're also dishing out to a certain degree, even if it is, quote unquote, just withholding mm-hmm. because we go into protection mode and attack mode and it just goes back and forth
0: mm-hmm. or avoid like you, if you're a people pleaser, like you said, withholding and avoiding. And that is the protection mode. So mm-hmm.
1: where do you get catapulted into and where do you come back out again? Mm hmm.
0: I liked her session, too, because they, they brought up her false beliefs. I thought that was really neat that her spirit brought up her own false beliefs. What a fabulous conversation. And a productive one. And then they, they, her spirit took the time lovingly talking to her, turning it into positive false beliefs, ones that were seeped in truth so that she could feel loved by herself instead of wanting and waiting to be loved by her mother. The key to that whole session was for her to feel loved enough by her own soul in its truthfulness, so that she no longer felt starved for the, for the love of her mother. So starved that she allows all of the abuse to perpetuate every day. Of which she hopes every single day, this will be the day she'll love me. And it never is. Or she throws her what I call dog biscuits or dog bones every once in a while saying, you know, here's a little treat puppy. I'm going to train you to stay here. I for sure thought
1: you'd be bringing up Charlie Brown with Lucy and the football. Oh, that oh, that's a
0: great analogy for people who know that. <laughs> you mean we're a dying breed? I think so. The millennials might might not know the whole Charlie Brown thing, Kelly. All right. (laughs) But it's true. It's just, it's where you've been trained. And so her spirit talked to her about where her, her narcissistic parent trained her, where her husband joined in, in the training by not being able to stand up with her or point out to her, but he had his own narcissistic parent, So he was used to the abuse. And that was interesting He was used to being abused. So when she was being abused by her mother, he he was okay with it. And he was also okay abusing her along with the mother because it was all familiar territory.
1: You know what? And it goes back to, I think, the one we did last, I was going to say last year, last week, where... The gun is pointed at someone else now. So I'm just going to be okay with this because it's not at me. Uh, Maybe last week would be a really great show to reference if you're wanting to build on this then.
0: That's perfect because it really does have to do with this particular mother only picks on her daughter. She's so kind to the son-in-law and she's such a wonderful grandma to the grandchildren that really the gun is just pointed at one person consistently here. So none of us really have to get uncomfortable, do we? She's got the gun pointed over at her daughter's head and she's comfortable with it too. It's the only thing she's ever known her whole life is a gun pointed at her head. So no one here has a problem, do we? And that's where she had to sit down with her husband and say, I have a problem. I have a problem and today is day one. And I need for both of us to be educated better to be able to deal with this. She was just literally, and I'm going to say it, dying. She is literally dying. That is her rage. Her spirit gave her a life and she isn't able to live it. It's paralysis. Uh, That's what we talked about. It's not the kind you can see it, but it's so real. Well, we did a show on that referencing back to the show on emotional paralysis. Yes. When you are so stuck in familiar patterns that you create an emotional paralysis in your life. And the horrible thing about emotional paralysis is that you can get medicated to stay in it. Or you can have even all of the people around you that you think love you, like this husband and children, really aren't there loving and supporting you. They're just participating and watching your abuse. I look forward to the questions after today's show.
1: Yeah? Yeah, I mean, I always do. I just I love I listen as you're speaking obviously and I hear my own thoughts but I also think oh I wonder what listeners wrote, will grab from that sentence mm. because it can hit us all in different ways we can interpret it all in different ways and we're drawing our own parallels at the same time hopefully so uh, yeah I do look forward to the questions and the comments because they they
0: spark a better conversation mm-hmm she she and her spirit and I spent the bulk of her session in giving her the bulk of the time after it was identified. And we really needed to spend time identifying because remember how familiar this is. She's never known any other life. This is a mother. So she needed help to identify the ways that her mom had done all of these things to her because she doesn't know any other type of way to be parented. But they came through afterwards to offer her the tools and there were piles of them some easy and some very hard but they gave it to her in baby steps and I think that's important too was the self-soothing so if people say well what throw one at us here for the love of God the first one was to learn to self-soothe so as she goes through her process of disengaging from her mother and what are you laughing at
1: I'm laughing because you're throwing out another term that Westerners latch on to but don't know what it means. Disengage? and, and No, no. Self-soothe. And you ask the oh. question, we'll throw one at us, and then you just use the word to define the word. And, and, and what I wanted to say is, is that self-soothing is a discovery because what might soothe me might anger you. Right. And I always use the example of a bath. Because oh, some people yeah. will get in a bath and it's their happy place because they're submerged in water. It's quiet. They light a candle. They turn the light off. And some people hate the idea of being in a, in a, in a bathtub confined and in water.
0: Oh, yeah. And some s- people think it's you're sitting in your own filth. Why would you want to do that?
1: Yeah. And I'd never heard that before because that's something soothing for me. So that you have to figure out what that is for your own self. It's typically something that is gentle, um, both physically and mentally. But again... What does that look like for
0: you in particular? Yeah, and it's important in self, as you said, self-discovery around what soothes you. Music is something that soothes almost all human beings. But Depending think, on what the music is, right? Yes, yeah, so I was just going to say, but think about the different types of music. Because what might soothe you wouldn't soothe me.
1: No, and I this is something too. I work part-time in a spa, which I love. And they p- they play spa music all day, but there's one CD. It's on rotation number three, and it gives me the most anxiety I've ever felt. Oh. It's just, it's an angsty violin. Mm. There's It's instrumental like the rest of the others, mm-hmm. and people might consider that it's very tranquil. Mm-hmm. But to me, it makes me want to claw my eyes out. Mm. And that's where, I mean, those, those small, they're not small details, pardon me, that's where the details matter. I love yeah. the violin, but in that context, in those combination of notes, yeah, I could
0: ball. Yeah. I, I And you know what? When she asked about the self-soothing, she had anxiety over it. Well, of course. Yeah. Because how would she ever feel she even deserves it? That's right. And that part came up in the session that she sabotages her own self-soothing. Because she should be doing more. Right? That's right. Yeah. And that comes from her mother. You're never enough. Get up. Get busy. Do things. Yeah. And if you're not doing anything, you're worthless. So anytime she tries to self-soothe, her mother's voice comes in and shames the shit out of her. So her first little job was to deal with the shame. Her little job? <laughs> Good one. <laughs> well, I'll say little job facetiously. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's, it, she had a lot of homework. But I hope, and knowing this lady, she's going to call back in about another month or so, I bet you 10 bucks, this is going to be a phone call in a month or two, where she'll come in and want to know what her spirit is thinking of how she's progressing. Well, good on her. Yeah. And her spirit will come in and start saying where she sabotages that, where she works well at it. They might even help her with new ones. It'll depend on what she wants to ask. I I picked her session Kelly because she's one of many clients she's not unique for me this is now a huge part of our clientele base of emotionally intelligent people seeking a higher level of emotional intelligence yeah they're looking to gain EQ Mm -hmm. so that they are no longer being victimized by the narcissists and the bullies
1: I had a woman come in just on uh, Wednesday this week, she would booked this in advance, half an hour. She was coming in on her lunch break because that's, that's what she could do on her lunch break. And she sat down. She's always open to everything and just said, I'm here for my daughter. Uh, she's celebrating her first year of life. And I'm checking in on how to, s- to see how her first year went and then going forward what she's going to need. Aww. And Yeah. So first of all, a lovely intention. But then also as the session shifted, she was getting both of those things answered. But a lot of the times it would shift onto her as the mom and the issues that she needed to deal with in her own life, in her own relationship and so on and so forth. And there was a willingness to examine her own self to not sit there and say, no, no, this is just about my daughter. Mm, right there yeah. was no compartmentalizing which I know is is what you've been talking about you can't compartmentalize those things because they affect other relationships yeah and I just it's wonderful there's very few people and I know we say this a lot that sit down and say they're open and truly mean it mm-hmm. so to sit down with that intention and say I'm not even sure what's going to come up about her first year or the next couple but have at her and let me know how to deal with it healthily that's wonderful yeah
0: I I, lo- I really was excited at the beginning of her session because of, and, we're, you, and I, you and I are just repeating ourselves now, but the intention to check in with our own souls, the intention to truly listen. She listened from start to finish. She could not thank her soul enough at the end of the session for coming through and loving her better than her spouse, better than her children better than her mother, better than any human, which is the whole point.
1: Lovely. Do you want to end it there?
0: Oh, I, I'd love to end it on the note that our souls know how to love us better than any human being. I would love to.
1: Okay. Uh, thank you for sharing your, your story welcome. and thank you for working so hard because I know that's your job as much as you love it. Uh, if you have questions or comments about today's show please email us at info at bisarlo.com. otherwise we hope you have a wonderful weekend